David Clark had the photo analyzed by one of his colleagues, the senior lecturer in photography at Sheffield Hallam University, who is one of the great experts when it comes to photo authentication. And Andrew Robinson joins us right now. Andrew, thanks so much for joining us on the radio. Good morning. Well, thank you for inviting me. It's great to be here. Um, No, the pleasure is all ours. I know you've been busy, especially since this uh, photo has resurfaced. Uh, Andrew, can you sort of take us through your timeline of what happened here when this photo was first brought to your attention? Yeah, uh, well, obviously, David, Dr. David Clark, my colleague, has been working on this story for a long, long time, for 13 years. Uh, I guess I kind of knew earlier in the year that he he was up to something. He was going up to Scotland. He'd been up to Scotland a couple of times. But I think the first I really learned about it in any detail was in the middle of June. And David asked me if I'd be happy to uh, produce copies of the photograph. He told me he was going up to Scotland to meet with uh, Craig Lindsay to, to get the photo. He was very, very excited about the opportunity to get his hands on the original photograph that's caused so much, uh, you know, intrigue over the years. And he uh, asked me if I'd be happy to produce a copy of it. And I said, yeah, of course, no problem at all. And we sort of booked to the, the studio at the university. And the day after he returned from Scotland, he we met, uh, went into the studio. I took some photographic copies, you know, using a, a digital camera. And I also did some high resolution scans on a flatbed scanner. And this was all kind of just before he took it. We, after we finished the shoot, we took it along to the uh, the special collections archive where it's now stored at the university. Wow. Um, and again, if people haven't seen the photograph yet, they can go ahead and go to my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Morano fan, and see the photo that we're talking about here. Uh, by the way, uh, Andrew, just so folks understand your background, I mentioned uh, that you're a senior lecturer, but w- how long have you been studying uh, photography and photo authentication and uh, been involved in this field? Well, I wouldn't say I'm a uh, – you in, You kind of <laughs> gave me a very um, flattering introduction there. I mean, I've been involved in photography for 34 years. Uh, I originally studied for a master's at the Royal College in London and then worked freelance for a number of years, uh, working for a variety of clients. I also worked in a photo – a specialist photography store and at a photography gallery. Uh, I then began undertaking arts commissions and residencies and had a number of exhibitions and publications. And for 17 years, I've been working at the university, uh, Sheffield Hallam University in Sheffield, uh, Yorkshire. Um, I have got an interest in the sort of the documentary aspects of photography. And I've done a number of uh, reviews of, of work for which have resulted in papers that I've presented at conference. But I'm not. I've, I've got to say, I'm not trained as a specialist photographic analysis. Uh, you know, got it. In, in photographic analysis, but I do have an awful lot of experience of working with and looking at photographs. And also, I grew up. Uh, and my initial photography uh, training and experience was in uh, analog photography. So I, I shot my own black and white films, processed them, printed them, shot color film, processed and printed it before moving in, into the digital realm. Got it. Now. Um... What uh, did your research show as far as this Calvine photo goes? Okay, well, I think I think David's actually published it online, but um, he, he didn't originally. He didn't ask me to analyze the photograph. You know, interestingly, but when we were 
photographing it, when we were copying it, I kept sort of making comments, oh, you know, it looks like, you know, this looks like it's not, it's a black and white photograph, but it's on colour paper. And so he was asking me, well, how do you know it's colour paper? And I said, you know what, do you want me to go away and analyse the images and see what I can find out? So uh, that's what I did. And so what I, what I discovered, the, the, the main things that I discovered uh, looking at the original print when I had it in my hands briefly, but also looking at the, uh, the high-resolution scans, which allowed you to blow up very small sections of the picture uh, and look in detail, was that, yeah, it's a, it's a black-and-white negative that's been printed onto colour paper. Uh, and that's unusual. You know, it's not, it's not that easy. You can do it, but it's not easy to make a good print from a black-and-white negative on colour paper. Uh, it's clearly colour paper, the back stamp on the paper and, and, and information that you can glean from the surface of the print, uh, you know, tell you it's, it's a, a, colour, a colour print. Um, and that led me to, you know, so that means it's either shot on traditional black and white film, you know, like Tri-X or Ilford's HP5, uh, or it's shot on a chromogenic black and white film, such as Ilford's XP1. Now, this film is quite interesting because it's actually a colour film, but it produces black and white negatives. And this was fairly popular in the amateur, the sort of hobbyist market in the early 90s, I'd say, because what it allowed you to do at a time when the high street photo stores were no longer really processing and printing black and white film. It allowed you to take a film that would produce a black and white image to high a high street photo store, and they would then process it in their normal C41 chemistry, and that's the chemistry that they produce your, you know, photograph, uh, sorry, print and process your normal colour snaps. Uh, so, so that's the first thing that I, I learned about it. Um, it, it actually came in a in a package, which in an envelope, which was, you know, is allegedly, uh, and I see no reason why not to believe it, is the envelope that the Daily Record sent the print to, Craig Lindsay in, and and that all looks right, you know, the address on it, the uh, uh, the, the age of the envelope, and so on, and the age of the print kind of fits it being a ninety, you know, made in the early nineteen nineties. Um, then we kind of come to some of the surface details on the print. There are little scratches in one corner, uh, which remove some of the emulsion and, and show a kind of yellowy-orange colour, and that's consistent with it being a colour print. Uh, and uh, so, you know, I'm pretty confident that it's a colour print. I'm not absolutely 100% committed to it being shot on XB1. Uh, that's a likely, uh, you know, possibility. It could have been taken on normal black and white film. Uh, I mean, interestingly, I should point out here that in some of the reports, I think in the Ministry of Defence report, it mentions colour prints. And this isn't, you wouldn't call this a colour print. I, I mean, as a, as a photographer, I know it's printed on colour paper. But if you were to pick this up in your hands, you say it's a black and white print. So I'm intrigued as to why in some of the reports it's mentioned that it's a colour print. And I guess that could lead us to, you know, consider whether the originals were colour and at some point it was copied onto black and white film. But I've no evidence to to, to uh, back that up. It's just a possibility, I suppose. Uh, talking um, with, uh, with Andrew Robinson, a senior lecturer in photography at Sheffield Hallam University. So, uh, Andrew, is your best guess that this photo I is authentic? Well... It depends what you mean by authentic. My, after analysing photographs in a number of ways, um, 
my conclusion was that it's not really it's it's very very unlikely that this is a faked photograph in terms of it being faked in printing or faked in the processing side of things uh, we've got to remember that in 1990 although digital photography did exist uh, photoshop was only re released that year it did very very little in its first release this is pre-digital you know um no one really had access to photoshop until a few years later aside from you know um specialists in the field um so in terms of it being a photograph my feeling is that it is a genuine photograph of something in front of the camera so that doesn't exclude you know it being constructed but my feeling is that construction's taken place if it has at all has taken place in front of the camera and it's a genuine photograph of, of what we're looking at i can't explain what the object in the center of the frame is uh, but my feeling is uh, it's not being uh, faked and constructed um in the post-processing let's say interesting now um you you alluded to Poss the possibility of some copies and uh, things of that nature, would that affect your ability, the fact that this photo might have been copied and this might not be the original photograph, would that affect your ability to analyze it? No. Uh, I mean, the, the, the 10 by 8 print that, that we've got here to look at is not high-quality print. You know, it, it, my feeling is that it's been printed on a mini-lab machine, you know, the daily record, I'm sure they would still at that time have had black and white dark rooms. So why have they printed this on, on colour paper? Well, I would imagine, and it would be interesting if any from the, anyone from the daily record could sort of tell us what equipment they were using in the early 90s, but I would imagine this has been printed on a mini-lab. So that's a dry-to-dry -dry processing, printing and processing machine uh, where you put a negative in and it'd uh, throw out the print like a lot of uh, high street photo stores used to use. And you can get them that will, will print 10 by 8, uh, will produce 10 by 8 prints. And if the daily record was quickly trying to produce a, a print of this image to send up to Craig Lindsay, as they've been asked to do, because he was the press officer for the RAF, then I can see them printing it off on, on, on such a machine. Um, and the quality is kind of consistent with that. Um, if this was a copy from a, a, a colour print or a colour negative, um, it's, a, it's a rather complicated thing to do. Why not just print the colour negative? You know, they're, they're printing it on a colour machine. They could print mm. the original negative. So, uh, uh, but no, it wouldn't. If it had been copied from a colour neg or a colour print onto black and white film, that wouldn't really make... Uh, a lot of difference. It, it, the image may have been cropped slightly when it was printed, so there might be more information off the side of the frame that we're not seeing. Certainly, even as a 10 by 8 image, we're cropping off some of the 35 mil film down either side. I mean, that's just because it's been printed to fit the 10 by 8 paper. Do you, do, so I, do I don't see that as problematic, basically. Do you know anything, or does the world collectively know anything? about the the hikers that took this photograph? Uh, do we know anything about their credibility? Uh, no, um, unfortunately, their, their names are redacted in the uh, Ministry of Defence uh, information that has been released, and apparently they're going to remain redacted until uh, 2072, I think is the date that's been mentioned. And this is because of very tight data privacy laws in the UK, uh, so they, they, the Ministry of Defence have released all the information, and my understanding is that they're just uh, 
that kind of they've kept back the names of the people concerned. So we will only know uh, who they are if somebody comes forward. You know, if one of the two people comes forward or someone who knew them at the time comes forward. And as far as I'm aware, I don't think that's happened yet. Do we have any idea why this photo was hidden for 30, 30 years? No. I mean, Craig Lindsay, uh, my understanding of the timeline is that uh, the the uh, the people who took the photograph sent it to the Daily Record, uh, probably hoping to get, you know, a story published or whatever. And the Daily Record, as would be normal, contacted the RAF or the Ministry of Defence, and they asked them to send, uh, quickly send an image to Craig Lindsay, the press officer. And so they picked the best of the six images that were reportedly taken uh, produced a print and sent it by, uh, you know, urgent courier to uh, Craig Lindsay. When he got it, he then faxed it down to the Ministry of Defence in London and they said, right, we want the negs and we want the prints. And the Daily Record sent the negs and prints, everything they had, basically, to the Ministry of Defence in London. But Craig still had his copy of the print, which he'd faxed to London. And my understanding from what Davis found out is that he simply put it in a drawer and forgot about it. Amazing. Uh, then the Ministry of Defence analysed the photographs and they actually prepared uh, question, you know, prepared answers if questions were asked in Parliament at some point later. Uh, and they now claim that they returned the, uh, the negatives and the prints to the daily record. Uh, but the daily record, uh, if they did receive them back, have no record of having them now. So it's a bit of a mystery. I, I don't necessarily think there's some kind of conspiracy. Uh, it's quite possible that they've been lost along the way somewhere. Uh, in the mid to late 90s or, or even more recently than that, you know, the move from film to digital, from analogue to digital, Lots of, uh, you know, organisations, newspapers will have been struggling to, you know, do what are we going to do with our photographic archives? Sure. Uh, some will be digitised, some will be thrown away. So it's quite possible that the original necks and prints have been thrown away, but equally possible that they sort of existing somewhere in a filing cabinet unknown. Sure. Now, uh, Dr. David Clark has his theory as to what we're seeing in this photograph. I realize this is less of a, a photography question, but I'm curious, do you have a theory? Do you have any thought as to what this image might be? Uh, well, it's really interesting that you ask that because I've kind of I've kept out of the Twitter sphere uh, for for most of the, the week. Um, well, it's more than a week, isn't it? Now that it's it's been out there, uh, and my my approach has really just been to sort of look at the photograph. I'm interested in photography and photographs, and um, I've not really thought too much about what the object might be but obviously I, I think there's a number of possibilities uh it, it could be some kind of flying craft that we don't know anything about um that's that's a possibility uh it could be um some people have said it could be a kite it could be something uh, a model plane or some kind of radio controlled aircraft it, it could be that um it could be you know a, a cutout um sort of being held up on invisible wire somewhere in the frame. Um, those, those are the most obvious things. Um, I think there's a lot of uh, debate and discussion online um, about where the image is placed. Some people think it's a reflection in the surface of, uh, of a pond or a lock. 
Uh, other people think it's an inverted image from a reflection. Uh, neither of those kind of... It's very hard to disprove them, but I kind of look at that photograph and I feel it, it looks right. The only thing about it that is strange is this object in the middle of it. If you take that object away, is there anything problematic with the image? I don't think there is. Now, if you turn it upside down and think of it as a reflection uh, of a, a piece of rock popping out the surface of a, a lake or a, of a, an angled piece of wood or something like that, it kind of explains the object, but the, the rest of the image becomes problematic for me. It doesn't feel right. And so I think the, the image is, is genuine, the object, can't say what it is, but yeah, um, I don't think it's been faked in post-processing. I think it was something that was there uh, in front of the camera. Well, uh, it is absolutely fascinating, and uh, I want to thank you for not only joining us on the radio, but for the great work that you've done here. Uh, please keep us posted, and uh, I'm sure we'll we'll chat about future photo controversies in the future. Well, thanks so much for uh, inviting me on the show. Thank and, you. Uh, good luck. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Andrew Robinson, a senior lecturer in photography at Sheffield Hallam University. One of the best.